Okay, are you ready? Welcome to Totally Qualified. Totally Qualified. Totally Qualified. We are a group of DDB interns. Can I just do the intro and then look at my friends? Right, you're taking away from airtime. Sorry, are we rolling? Quiet on set, please. Welcome to Totally Qualified. Uh, this is episode seven, and today we'll be talking about, you guessed it, advertising. <laughs> Um, advertisements, advertising, and everything that goes along with it. Uh, I'm Anna Jacobs. I'm a copywriting intern here at DDB. Uh, and I'm Regina Galan. I'm an art director intern this summer. I'm Lauren Riddock, and I'm a senior writer here. And I'm Jamie, senior strategist. So I think strategy is probably the least known if you're outside of the, I always say, the black hole of advertising. <laughs> like, um, I think obviously the creativity we get credit for it, and just in the um, industry in general. But strategy, there's I guess less gets less of the glory. Um, but I love it. Like it's I think strategy just in its simplest form is just tying like some kind of business problem and finding a solution through like creative work. Totally. Um, so obviously getting to something that's super interesting and has that kind of creative spark, but it's either growing the business or like. Um, becoming more relevant with the younger audience, like something that kind of gives us like purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always found there's really like nothing better for a creative than a than a good brief. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm a golf nerd, so I'm about to like give you a really lame <laughs> golf metaphor that I came up with, but I think it makes a lot of sense for like how creatives and planners work together. So, say like a planner's job is to like get the tee and like p- place the ball like perfectly, like ready for you, and then like. You come up, the creatives, like little golfer, like taking the swing. But like mm-hmm. you need someone to like tee up that ball yeah, for you, totally. whether that's like the data points, the planning, or like taking those points and those like those facts and like mm-hmm. finding like a critical human truth that you can extract from that. And like those are really like fertile moments for creatives to like latch onto and like twist into something fun that like people want to see. Yeah, I love that so much. That's something that I've noticed too is is just getting briefs from the past couple months. Um the really good ones with the really good like thought starters, creative insights, things that like they've pulled already are Mm -hmm. like the most fun and the most like there's so much wealth there to Mm -hmm. work on. And that's something I didn't really realize before when I was in school Mm -hmm. because we would get briefs or we would just get brands and then getting these briefs with these like creative thought starters or fodder, just Mm -hmm. like stats or things like that can like lead to just such an incredible creative idea. I mean, sometimes like the creative idea is like already there. It's right there. It's just like reiterating it with like a a change of phrase. Like it's, I mean, I think yeah. that planners are creatives. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah, if you totally. don't feel that way, then you're probably not. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. yeah, that's also what's fun. Like when you think about other industries, I think there's strategy anywhere, like even in how some of the clients like we serve the strategy, but creative strategists are able to have like the luxury of like, if you have an idea, like write it down, but like create a creative thought starter section if it's not already on a brief, like yeah. that's so much fun to do. Yeah, and like Lauren said, like sometimes like there is that spark that creatives are like, we're like, feel free to go with this. Like if it doesn't work, then mm-hmm. whatever, it's totally fine. But like, why not put it on paper? Like we kind of in, in an yeah, advertising space, sure. like you get to wear that creative hat as much as you do um, strategically. So that's so fun. And I, and love, I also love briefs. <laughs> I yeah. like love writing briefs. And I so. like when um, the collaboration doesn't end after the brief. Like mm-hmm. you keep talking to that planner, whoever you're teamed up with, like Maybe they sit with you for a couple hours during one of your brainstorms or, like, you come and Mm -hmm. speak to them before you go and speak to your creative director. Like, keeping that 
relationship as like fluid and close like in an ideal world this may sound radical but I think like they should be trifectas like yeah have a creative team and have a planner too that Mm -hmm. you like work with from start to finish I think that could be so yeah yeah I think that kind of like how Anna was saying Anna was saying that in school, you don't really get to experience like working with a strategist. Because there's not strategists like, in so, portfolio yeah. school. There's really. not in under. I know it, it's so shocking. I mean, yeah. I stumbled upon strategy. Like, I think I talked to you a little bit about mm-hmm. that, but like, there's really no undergrad courses. I mean, I marketing research that. is probably the closest that really sparked that mm-hmm. in me. But it wasn't until I got my first job in consulting that there was that like actual concrete discipline that was like strategy. Mm-hmm. And then it's usually someone identifying it within you too it's not like you're like I just want to be a strategist because like that's so broad (laughs) um but usually someone's able to like you said like wow you can really um you know state something in an interesting way you can make something that would be somewhat or seemingly uninteresting interesting or like you're a great creative writer like all of these things um but yeah no no, I don't it's when younger people come to me it's hard to give them the right advice because I do think there's like that missing undergrad focus um but then you have if you go to like a brand center like a VCU or something that's like focused in creative strategy but those are still like far and few in between like I don't know if there's enough so it is very narrow skill set. yeah I think the skill set is for sure like developing a critical mind and like however you get there like if mm-hmm. you have a liberal arts degree, if you have, like, a marketing degree, whatever it is, but you have to have those, like, raw skills of being able to, like, infer and, like, weave a narrative based on, like, totally hard facts or, or raw facts, like, mm-hmm. turn them into turn them into something. And I think there's a million different ways to get there, which makes it hard because, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's a lot of different, like, positions in advertising, too. Like, I was a double major in literature and history, and everyone was like, oh, are you going to be a teacher? Like That's all yeah. everyone and asked I'm me, like, too. No, I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm going to go write ads, <laughs> duh. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. Yeah, it's interesting. I was uh, reading an article the other day about strategy and people like, even the same skill set, and I think you can do that with um, being a creative, too, of, like, club promoters. Like, it was just the most random yeah. assortment of skills because you have to have a – you have to be extremely perceptive. Resilient. Your emotional intelligence has to be extremely high, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a specific person. And sometimes when we do interview people for even senior positions, like, their background is somewhat unconventional. Like, it isn't someone who's maybe taken, like, a traditional schooling path. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah, it is – because sure. you have to have, like – that ability to connect with a large audience and not only that but like actually sell an idea or like sell an insight that would then like connect with an audience and that's and have like, like a specific. strong pulse on like what's going on in the world because yeah. whatever we need to do needs to like be relevant or break through the noise and if you're not really listening then totally yeah and then also just love research that's probably like the biggest thing like you've got to have that like research that's nerd that inner that. nerd inside of you yeah no thanks that's yeah, the one thing I that research. i connected yeah. with when you did the strategy um like presentation for us interns when we learned all about it I was like I could spend hours researching and yeah. I have oh rabbit holes for in like four oh, yeah. hours goes by and oh, you're yeah. like oh and I'm so deep in Mintel right yes, now <laughs> absolutely yeah I love that <laughs> speaking of unconventional backgrounds um I did feel uh recently when I got briefed on um, Miller Lite for example I um I was a bartender for like six years and I felt like, obviously, you'd think, okay, that makes sense, but it actually helped me, like, way more than I even thought, because not only do I have, like, the experience of, like, watching people interact in those social beer-drinking situations, Mm -hmm. but um, just, like, like, just, like, 
knowing how to talk to those people and what the tone is, especially as a writer, it may seem super easy to be like, oh, you're writing for beers, you know, but like some people are more technical, some people are more casual and tones change across the board. So I did find like just knowing how to talk to that audience that Mm -hmm. drinks Miller Lite because I would sling like hundreds of Miller Lights (laughs) in a night. You've had that experience. You know, so you, I, I did realize I was like, okay, as a writer and working for a brand that I know from this side of the page and then from the other side mm-hmm. of the bar, mm-hmm. I know like it just kind mm-hmm. of helped me, which was an interesting I think, um, thing yeah. to like. Kind I of think bring that's to the table. really interesting. Like I know one of the one of the things we were talking about is like inspiration or like where you go for ideas or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think experiences like yeah, I go on Adweek, I go on Vice, I go look at like the tech crunch of the world, but experiences are really where. I pull a lot of my inspiration from. So like, for example, all your experiences as a bartender, or like just last week, Jenny, my partner went to the aviary and she had this drink and it was like an inspiration for an idea we came up with for blue moon the next week. So like just going out there and like experiencing things like going to see art, like going to shows. I know that sounds so cliche, but like Mm -hmm. you just never know when you're going to like pull on those moments. And I think they're so human and they're so relatable because yeah. they're real like mm-hmm. they're not some like simulated thing from your brain it's yeah because yeah, yeah. you can read yeah site after site after site and still not really know what's going on because it's secondhand information but exactly. a real life experience is invaluable and that's where you're going to draw the relatable material yeah. that people are going to connect with yeah that's also when the brief becomes really tricky because you know brief writing is very much subjective mm-hmm. like when you've experienced something and you want to turn it into an insight that would then, you know, spark like the work, like it's hard to sometimes like sell things that seem so true to you and so obvious, especially to like a client, like an insurance client, like say farm, for example, they're like, Oh, well, how do we know, you know, millennials feel this way about customer service or about like our category, you know, bringing them these like strong truths, like insurance isn't that much fun to interact with like shocker and they're like show me the stat you know like it's like it's so I think that's hard because you know in strategy and creative too like you want to have the freedom to bring your own opinions and experiences to the table so there's like that balance you know right and then kind of going off of that what are like some like tips for creating a campaign oh gosh from beginning oh. to start. Is that a question? Is that a question? Oh, or like what are no, that's or fair. platforms or platforms for inspiration? Or like can we kinda of talk about that? I feel yeah. like for me, like what I always, always try to do is ground something in like a, a human truth, like mm-hmm. something that nobody can deny and like whether whether it's like a or yeah yeah. or like some sort of hard like fact or truth. And like that's why I mm-hmm. think it's such a symbiotic relationship with with planning and and creative because it it makes it transcend and it makes everyone able to understand it if you're like if you're basing your idea or whatever that it, whatever it is and like this one human truth so for example we were working on a holiday campaign for a brand that I'm not going to talk about because I assume other and anyone can listen to this yeah, yeah so like one of these human truths that we found when we were brainstorming for holidays that the holiday season is six days shorter this year. I mean, that to me is like a huge posit for creatives to jump off of. Like mm-hmm. it instills urgency and there's so many like fun creative twists you can take on that human truth. Everyone will get it. Everyone can relate to it. So always like trying to take like some time to find those little nuggets that you can play off of. And a lot of them you'll find in your brief mm-hmm. already, which is yeah. great. Yeah. I think thinking about like 
the most successful campaigns are the ones that I'm drawn to, like something super specific like that. I mean, it can be executed in so many different ways, which I love, but like getting super focused where you're not trying to like, and it's hard with these, I mean, DDB has a lot of really big, big Mm -hmm. brands and there's so many stakeholders. There's so many people who envision the work being executed differently. But if you just hone in on one, that one single insight, I feel like the work becomes more like focused and then that much more easier to identify when you think about a consumer. I feel like it would be like a fun game to like go and look at ads and think about, okay, what's that human truth behind that? Oh my because gosh, there's that always the one that you can find. I yeah. can't stop doing that. Yeah. So I'm sure you are such a critic with creative oh, work. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing work, especially like truly disruptive work that might like change the category or like change the conversation and be like, oh, I want to see that brief. And like, what was the insight? Sure. Like we, I think we did yeah. that when I showed you guys, like yeah. I love looking at work and being like, and actually more times than not, you'll get to four to five different insights. Like you can, you can back the work into a brief that could have been like mm-hmm. sold in or pitched in in so many different ways, which is so cool. And you can tell too, the ones that don't have that truth mm-hmm. because you can tell, you can yeah. call BS on it. You're like, you know yeah. what? Like there's no truth there. Right. So the ones that really stand out are the ones where you're like, like you just feel it. That's why when they oh say like, God. it hits yeah. you in the feels because you it's like, like a girl true, does. you're just like, yeah. oh, how yeah. could you not do this? Exactly. Um, but I feel like those to your point, those are the ones that I think, lean too hard into culture sometimes where I'm like, yeah, was that brief just that. like make mm-hmm. your brand culturally relevant? And then yeah. it was like hard stop. Um, so it is interesting how you can like, some of them are just that simple. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing that's like, I mean, that's always going to be true. That's something that mm-hmm. like it, history is never going to change culture. Sure. Culture may change, but like those inherent truths will never change. So even if it is totally. based in something that's maybe considered mm-hmm. archaic, Oh, that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's truth. Mm-hmm. Now that's you can make truth. it culturally Absolutely. relevant based on how Absolutely, you execute yeah. it. But as soon, as soon as you have that basic human one, that's like mm-hmm. you can go anywhere with it, I feel like. Um, I This might be like a little like weird, but like I remember in school, like them saying like, oh, your brief is showing like, are there any yeah. ads where, <laughs> where like you feel like you can feel too much of the brief. Like, does that make sense? I don't know how to ask Yeah, that. No, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> right? I'm trying to think of any I've seen. I, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's a lack of a creative twist on that human truth or insight. Yeah. And it's, it's really up to the creatives to yeah, keep this, banging it a couple of different ways. Yeah, the storytelling component might be missing from that mm-hmm. too. Because, like, there's such an art. I mean, like, we talk about, like, specific skill sets. Like, creatives have such a... You can't even, like, really describe it, right? When you're receive when you're being receptive of the ad you're like I don't know why this is sparking something that's like kind of like that Mm -hmm. storytelling topspin that it might be missing where you're being a little bit too literal with the brief um because we can brief things in all day but it takes like great creatives to like make it something that makes you feel like that emotive element Mm -hmm. so it might be missing that a little bit and are there any like ads that you can think of that inspired you um like (laughs) to create even better stuff I don't yeah know. I know we talked about this earlier I'm yeah. a huge fan of the panda cheese yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just so funny and I think like they're also a breath of fresh hair because we all get so caught up with like trying to save the world with like some huge causal thing yeah. or like yeah. fitting in all these RTBs and don't forget about the VO and it ends up being wall-to-wall like half the time but there's yeah. something so nice like those ads are just so fun and like yeah. it's just a reminder yeah. not to take this too seriously and just it's a fun job and our job is to make other people have fun when they interact with our work and want to buy something that's important too <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's why I like those. yeah also not I think 
to in, uh, insurance because I'm just on State Farm. So, like, insurance is a fun category to just be, like, a consumer in and just, like, just absorb, like, all the ads because it's such an overly saturated market. Mm-hmm. Like, Geico's everywhere, Progressive's everywhere, State Farm is everywhere. Um, so it's just interesting to, like, see the different angles and, like, who, like, can fall flat and, like, who can – no one's doing anything, like – we're more in the fun space, but, like, no one's doing anything, like, super emotive, like, mm-hmm. emotional or anything. Like, Allstate will sometimes go there. So it is interesting to see, like, how different categories have different strategies. There's usually, like, a leader. Um, but I love how lighthearted, like, when you said fun, like, I yeah. love how lighthearted our category is because it's also, it is always surprises me because it's such an emotional purchase. Like, insurance, like it's interesting like where the category's gone and it's like almost overly fun it's like slap happy like pigs and geckos and i don't know right and yeah geico's done such a good job of like they just their formula is like is down you get it like you know what they're trying to say and Mm -hmm. they say it so quickly and they get to have so much fun with like Mm -hmm. the rest of the time in their and their spots like that walrus and that one that's all over right now like they just like up front they tell you what you need to hear and then they just go and have fun and i think it's such a it's such a genius formula yeah. um, that they've constructed. I know, like, Old Spice does that, too. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many brands that have constructed such a great campaign formula that allows them to have yeah. so much creative freedom. Yeah, talking about, like, campaigns, too, it's, like, it is that, like, formula element, too, mm-hmm. like, where it's, like, just rinse and repeat. Like, the, the idea that a brand could get to, like, a plug-and-play, like, insert walrus, <laughs> insert <Right>. pig, <laughs> like, is pretty like impressive like especially in a category like insurance where there's like too many messages to really for things to resonate so how do you think a brand gets to have that form like what like media dollars yeah <laughs> well, and also like spenders you need to be able to distill what you're wanting to say very clearly so you yeah. can articulate it quickly mm-hmm. and then so there you said your message in six seconds you've got 24 left like what are we going to do so that's going to us that's going to make us stand out yeah i think yeah I was going to say, like, philosophically, like, it's very clear to your point, like, you know what Geico's strategy is, but it's also, like, they obviously put a lot of importance on brand memorability, so they're going to be, like, sending you that 15 and 15 message, like, so much that that memory structure is, like, mm-hmm. you, you're you going to be seven years old and still remember it, even if yeah. they stopped advertising, like, tomorrow. So it's, like, other brands, like, might not believe in that same thing. They might, like, put more of, like, we want to be different every year. Like, we want to, like, evolve. So it's really about, like leadership over there at I think the Martin agency still does their spots so it's like them coming to kind of like an executive decision of like we are going all in on this like Mm -hmm. continuous campaign um where a lot of brands don't do that like progressive adding Jamie and like all state change all state adding like mayhem oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. a perfect example like Liberty Mutual being like actually we don't think this is we don't believe in consistency (laughs) yeah yeah let's throw something new (laughs) yeah so Jamie, you do all these State Farm ads. Like, do you do you find yourself analyzing all the other like competitor ads because you know like so well what goes into making these briefs and all the other things in the industry? Yeah, I think so. Whatever discipline you're in, like even account, like once you're in advertising, like it's so hard to remove those biases, which is just so I'm I can no longer look at an ad like an average consumer and that's mm-hmm. our target, right? You're always looking for like the average consumer who is probably a little bit anti ad. They're also, like, sensory overload. Like, if you think about the millennial audience, which, like, brands are probably targeting, um, it's just, like, for me to put – for me to have that level of empathy, like, in terms of our category and, like, our industry is, like, hard. 
Um, obviously, the nature of the category is something that you can't really remove because insurance will always be a hassle. Like, it'll continue to have, like, that stigma. But I don't know. It is, it's easy for me to look at ads, but also hard to put myself in, like, the shoes of a consumer. But, yeah, I mean, I think a part of the fun of advertising is, like, you're picking up on, like, a, a you know, the side of a bus. You're looking at a billboard. Like, your, I guess, your heightened curiosity is, like, so high mm-hmm. for just what brands are doing it well. Then another thing too, and you can probably feel this is a lot of it is just subjective. Mm-hmm. Like what oh, I absolutely. might think is like strategically on point or like when I'm watching the Super Bowl and people are doing their own like recaps the next day, like I might totally disagree and think that like that spot completely fell flat or something. So like a lot of it is subjective. Right. So I feel like we've all seen behind the curtain, like you guys just this summer asked maybe a little bit longer, but one of my favorite things to do when, um, I see ads, especially when there's celebrities in them. I'm like, huh, I wonder who they actually wanted to work with. <laughs> because it's, so, it's such a reality of, like, you pitch this so to the client, and it's with, like, it's with this celebrity. And then you have, like, a page of, like, 30 other celebrities. And at what point, like, when did they pick? Was it number 30? Was it number 22? <laughs> I know. Like, what was that? Was yeah. it Super Bowl with Sarah Jessica Parker for... Is it Stella? Yeah. yeah, Stella. Like, yeah. come on. She wasn't the first Yeah, yeah. 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 But I there were some redirects, and that's good. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. For sure. For me, definitely, I have a new appreciation for digital banner ads. (laughs) Um, All the thinking thinking that goes, like, behind them. Like, honestly, it's, like, a tiny little box where you have to really think what's Mm going to go in there. How am I going to grab someone's attention? So it's, like... Now I love them. I click on them all the time. (laughs) They're so beautiful. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like it's even like the little things that you don't like normally think of like as a consumer, like who's sitting here making, Mm -hmm. you know, like that has been something that I've like been a part of for like this brand. So it's like, I don't know. They're like little babies. (laughs) I feel kind of similar about like I've done a lot of social Mm -hmm. for um, a couple of different brands and that's definitely something I didn't realize how I guess because I do, I just scroll right past them mm-hmm. for the most part so I never really thought about how much like yeah. thought and con- actual concepting mm-hmm. went into like just a simple <laughs> just a little, social post just yeah. Yeah. Social posts. Yeah. Yeah. our direction I mean like everything and the production that goes yes. into some of them and I mean as a writer like the writing is not always necessarily the most like challenging or, or exciting it's, it can be but because we have such a small character count and you have to get so much information in oh, yeah. that you don't have a lot of, like, leftover leeway. It's so the concepting there is, like, it's fun. Yeah. Like, I actually enjoy, I mean, it's I, if you had asked me when I started, like, all of this, and they were like, you probably work on a lot of social. I would have been like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. what do you mean social? Like, <laughs> I write Instagram posts. Like, it's easy. Yeah. But it's not that at all. And it's so no. much different. So I like There's a, complete, a lot to distill. There is a lot to distill in just, like, a simple and something to catch people's eye. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, like, I'll scroll past most of them. So, like, getting people's attention right off the bat. It's definitely something that I have a new appreciation mm-hmm. for. Um, Do you feel like school prepared you for the attrition rate in the creative department? Like, the amount of stuff you come up with that dies? I think I did. Yeah. I mean, well, yes. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I think we, I, we were getting like two to four briefs like a week. Mm -hmm. So we were just pumping out so much stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Grad school or undergrad? I, for me it was undergrad. Like my portfolio program was like smashed, like 
combined with my undergrad. Mm -hmm. And basically, we never got briefs. Like, you kind of just had the freedom to pick a brand, pick your partner, Mm -hmm. and just go off. But it was, like, a round of, like, come up with, like, literally, like, remember, I remember my first class, it was, like, come up with 100 ideas. Mm -hmm. Only 20 will survive. Only na-na-na. But it was, like, a constant, like, get used to bringing more. And, like, Mm -hmm. be prepared to kill, like, more than half. And, like, don't cry. Yeah, that's the reality of life. life. (laughs) So I think that that like, like in my experience, like that prepared me to come here and be like, okay, like you know, someone's gonna think your like fifty ideas suck. So be ready to come tomorrow with like fifty more. More. more, And it goes back to what Jamie was saying. It's so subjective. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like, oh, you're bad at your job. It's absolutely not that. It's just yeah you didn't hit it right for that person and their subjective POVs there's also a lot of like in the background clients have maybe like seeded like if like take like State Farm CMO or maybe we can edit that take a brand CMO (laughs) and you know they have something they're getting pressure from a lot of other people of like maybe our quote starts aren't like where they should be or maybe like if you take a CPG brand maybe they're like in store traffic or I don't know so they're getting pressure and that has so much to do with like what script they choose. Like when it gets to that level where like the clients are like having to like pick, mm-hmm. um, which is sure. also that, that balance of like, is it the best creative work? Like that's where I feel like we should depend on our leadership the most at the agency of like, sometimes you do have to make trade-offs and like, if we want to be famous and known for creativity, like there is that, like sometimes it does come down to choice. Like, Will it have the strongest call to action? Maybe not, but will it, like, really spark that, like, emotional advantage that we keep talking about? Like, yes. So So, um, we've mentioned, like, uh, disruptive advertising a couple times. And, you know, we just want to maybe hear a little bit more from you guys about, like, the importance of being disruptive in the industry today. Yeah, I think strategically what we always want to set up in a brief. And I think every agency probably has its own take or, like, philosophy on this, but just finding out like what your distinct asset is, like whatever in, in your category. Like I always bring up our X bar and I, and, and I think the strategy team for State Farm, at least like we use this as an example a lot because their strategy was so simple. It was like transparency mm-hmm. and like they totally disrupted their category of like getting rid of labels, which was so like needed. And like, it was just like, you see those brands that are like just simple yet radical. Like it was just like waiting for them. Um, getting rid of the label, putting all of their ingredients in like terms you can understand, like, like 10 characters or less. Like it was, and then using like ice, is it iced tea or ice cube? Was it iced tea? That was like their, they used, export. I think it was iced tea. tea. But he's like this totally like unfiltered, like candid, like rapper. That was like the perfect partnership. And I feel like he actually was their first choice. (laughs) Um, Cause it was just like a match made in heaven. Like I think brands that are able to disrupt the category and like own something that's like disruptive. Like what they did for better for you snacks was like, so like such a perfect like brand fit and like totally like strategically just on point. Um, I think insurance could really benefit from someone like that. Like lemonade's probably the closest one, but there's a lot of categories that I think could benefit from doing something different and something that like consumers actually want. Like ingredients are obviously really confusing for everyone for, so for a brand to completely innovate around that concept and that truth Mm -hmm. was like really cool to see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I go back and forth a lot on this because part of me believes like in order to be disruptive, like you have to just be a disruptive, disruptive brand and like whatever it is that you do, like RX was very disruptive lemonade but then there's also this way where brands can like be disruptive with what 
their beliefs are. Like you look at Nike and what they what they did with Colin Kaepernick or like REI. So there's like a couple of different ways to be disruptive, whether it's like the product that you're launching and how it's like disrupting every other product that exists or whether it's the stance you're taking on culture and how it's going to disrupt the conversation that's being had at that time. Um, and I'm sure there's other ways, but those are just the two that are top of mind for me. Is it so my question, too, is like, how do you take because I think RX bar was new, you know, how do like yeah. how do you take an older brand maybe yeah. and like disrupt the conversation without seeming like you're trying too hard or yeah, you're. I think that's a great question. I, I'm trying to think of brands who've done it really well, like. To your point, like the best thing, like strategically, would would have the most fun doing is like taking everything that's in the brand DNA, like the values, like dipping into the heritage, like all that stuff, and then making it relevant among like a modern audience. Like that is totally disruption. It's actually the best kind because it's the hardest and it's the trickiest. I mean, Um, we talk a lot about like KFC doing that. Yeah, KFC was great. And like the use of their distinct asset, like Colonel Sanders and like the bucket of chicken, which is like totally recognizable among like generations. So doing like that, like that KFC is disruptive, which is crazy because mm-hmm. it's one of the oldest brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one would even argue that the RX bars of the world almost have it easier because mm-hmm. they're like born out of innovation versus mm-hmm. like having to innovate. Like in those are like two different things. Right. Um, it's also really easy with startups today to latch onto something like transparency and the difficulties of reading ingredient labels and like, be born out of that like being disruptive is kind of like what they are and they'll always be known for that but like those brands also struggle because sometimes those trends are fleeting Mm -hmm. and like transparency may not matter to like gen z or the generation after that so it is interesting um i feel like the brands like kfc like you pointed out like are the ones that like will continue to see them because they're able to evolve and they're not like born on disruption component so right it was purely like disruption yeah. like creatively like chicken mm-hmm. will always matter, matter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, chicken just, is good. so yeah. that is all we have for today thank you for listening to totally qualified make sure you stay tuned for next week we've got the ceo of ddd chicago mr paul gunning will be joining us so um be sure to tune in for that one thanks for listening thanks, <laughs> thanks. <laughs>